Hello, and welcome to We Made You a Song, a podcast about a unique song-making process in unique times. I'm your host, Trent Wagler of The Steel Wheels, and I'm in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. This podcast is a collaboration between The Steel Wheels and producing partner WMRA. If you're new to the podcast, The Steel Wheels are releasing an album of songs that were commissioned by fans during the COVID-19 shutdown. The Steel Wheels took stories from fans, and we wrote, arranged, and recorded the music in isolation from one another to knit together a collection of crowdsourced songs. And this podcast is a project to go deeper into each one of those songs and the story and the humans behind it. Our presenting sponsor is Old Hill Cider, located at Showalter's Orchard in Timberville, Virginia. Our friends out there, Shannon and Sarah at Old Hill, are just some of the greatest people, and they are making such a good product and just doing it consistently. I strongly recommend a cider called Farmhand. makes you feel like you just... uh, you just got out of the field working a hard morning because, uh, right, we drink cider at lunch. Is that what we do? And then dinner? I think that's right. So you get off, you get out of the fields and you just pop open a bottle of farmhand and just have that with your lunch, mostly consisting of other apples and uh, some apple cobbler at the end of lunch and more farmhand. And then you get back out there uh, into the fields because that's what a good farmhand does. So, um, You can check out their product at showaltersorchard.com. Go pay them a visit in Timberville, Virginia. Old Hill Cider. You won't regret it. Now back to the show. We've got a lot to talk about this week, uh, so I just want to get right to it. This week's song is called My Name is Sharon. You could wait for your big break Like someone else can make the sunshine I'm not here to so I got an email from a friend of the band named Donna. She said, I just saw your Distance Together post. That's what we called this project. I had thrown a hint out to you guys, or maybe just Trent, a while ago about the possibility of writing a song about Sharon. And I'll just stop here and say it was a little more than a hint. It was straight up like, you could write a song about Sharon. I wasn't talking about her in particular, parentheses, well, I was, but you know, but a song about her spirit, the struggles, the perseverance, etc. Would this fit with your efforts? You're going to hear from Donna today, and we're going to talk with the band. I will just say that the band has had a relationship with Donna and her now late daughter, Sharon, for quite a few years. And when the band was first getting out there on the road, I mean, this had to be like 2012, maybe? I, maybe even, no, 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 probably like 2010 or 11. We were playing in Tennessee. And there was this young woman sitting down on the front row. We're playing this outdoor festival. We're doing a sound check. And she's sitting there watching us. And no one else is there, right? Because it's just sound check. I see her mouthing the words along. And I look around at the other guys because this is a song of ours. It's not like we were sound checking on a cover song. And I was just like, who is this? person. I don't recognize her. Is this somebody's sister or cousin? Or Because at that point, we had not been out of Virginia that much. We hadn't traveled that much. We certainly didn't have fans that were clamoring uh, to see us and, and reciting every line of every song. 
So anyway, she introduced herself uh, after after we sound checked and said, I traveled to come and see you guys. I'm a big fan of yours. And we were kind of like, what is going on? Because to us, that just didn't happen very much at that point. Um, but then we learned and heard more about her story, which you will also hear. Donna sent me an email to describe and tell stories about her daughter, Sharon. She also wanted us to involve Sharon's best friend, Aaron Buckley, who also sent me an email about Sharon with these really great, vivid descriptions of who Sharon was. She talked about her being loyal and honest, but also blunt and, and a very straight shooter uh, that she would call people out when they weren't doing what was right. She also described Sharon as this daredevil, as a risk taker, as this adventure seeker, um, which I found to be this interesting juxtaposition next to her seizure disorder, which meant that there had to be so many restrictions around what she could do in life that she was uh, inside. She was this person who loved to push the boundaries. And I think above all of this, as we're taking in these descriptions, we knew that while the song would inevitably be informed by Sharon's passing, we wanted to honor Sharon's life and not her death. Um, she was so much more than a disease that ailed her. Um, and so we were trying to construct the, the beginning of this song with, with all of that in mind. The inspiration for the song was ignited by Donna's email. She wrote... One week before she passed, Sharon looked directly at me as I offered yet one more motherly warning. Why don't I let Donna take it from here? And I yet again gave her the look of the motherly, I'm petrified, you're going out into the world, you have seizures that are not controlled and come without warning, and I need to, you know, worry about my, my daughter at the age of 35. Um, and that's when she said to me, Mom, how can you live like this? And I said, because I can't bear the thought of losing you. And that's when she said, if I die, I die. I need to live my life, and you need to be okay. And as hard as that was, and she was gone a week later. This was within a week. For me, that was a, as, as haunting as you said it was. It was a huge gift to me. So that's where the song started. I had a chorus. It was Daredevil on the freeway, Gambler in the back room. I'll be living till my last day. My name is Sharon. Nice to meet you. And that tagline, my name is Sharon, came from remembering the meeting that we had with this confident young woman in Tennessee and how much she was a fangirl of the band, but yet she was very confident uh, and bold when, when she sort of waved at us past these backstage barriers and introduced herself and told us her name. Um, but I, I think I wouldn't have come up with that line if it wasn't for Aaron. Um, here's Sharon's best friend, Aaron Buckley. The biggest thing, grieving parent, you don't ever want people to stop speaking of your child and, and of their name, and, and people don't really feel comfortable doing it, you know? And, and so it just took what you were doing already and brought it to another level for her story to go on you know, forever, and for Donna to have that, and anybody who knew her to have that. And of course, Erin was right. We needed to use her name. And 
I don't know. This reminds me of the Vietnam War Memorial, a huge list of names, uh, or or walking in step um, in a Black Lives Matter protest and the familiar chants of say their name, say their name. Um, there is such power in saying a name. Everyone deserves to be remembered, and, and not in just some abstract way, but by name. And so making it specific to Sharon felt so important. I'll be living till my last day. My name is Sharon, nice to meet you. After I completed the sort of first draft of the song, I sent it out to the band, and they took it from there. We created a, a full arrangement, and so... To talk about that, I got the band together on a Zoom call, and they're here with me. You guys probably knew as much as I did, more or less, uh, going into this song, what it was going to be about. Was it different for you, receiving the song, and uh, how you listened to it, or what you put into it? Knowing the people and really wanting to deliver something that's meaningful to them, it, it really personalizes it. But yeah, we did... Um, we knew the characters, we knew the story, um, and I think that does make an, an make a difference in how how we approach the the playing on it. Well, yeah, it's a deeply personal story, and and it's also there's tragedy in, in there, and and um, we've known them for quite a while now, and um, yeah, it was interesting to hear how the lyrics, you know, brought to light <laughs> some things that uh, did not know about Sharon. So. You just heard Jay Lapp, who plays mandolin and guitars. And before that, you heard Eric Brubaker, our fiddle player. Here again is Eric. You know, it talks about stars and, and mystery um, and balancing that sort of larger setting with some of these more mundane things that, that really bring you closer to who Sharon was almost like balancing between verse and chorus too, where like you kind of get into some of the gritty, like day-to-day personal things, and then it backs off, and and then all of a sudden uh, we're talking about, you know, some of these wider sort of mysteries, uh, you know, and, and struggling with sort of these larger ethereal uh, things. So I think we did, a, um, we did our best to, to highlight that with, the production too, I think I, I think I recorded four different violin parts on this to really kind of highlight that dream that dreamlike quality. So you, you get to the choruses and it's uh, it kind of swell and the bridge too kind of swells into like these the strings part. But then it's balanced against the, the parts and the, the verses where it's just the, the single fiddle. Yeah, it was a blast to record this one and the juxtaposition between the verses and the chorus. <laughs> Every time we got to the chorus, just kind of like, I didn't realize Eric had recorded that many violin parts, but it has this like, I don't know, it feels like you're all suddenly like in a Cadillac with the top down going, you know, with the arm up on the wheel. Just kind of, and then it grows, grooves back into the little percussive where it's like the, yeah, I don't know. Everything about it was a lot of fun to, to hit it up. That voice you heard was Brian Dickel, the bass player for the Steel Wheels. And here again is Jay Lapp. There are times in, in these tunes that when you get the track and you because you don't know what the other person is going to be playing, you just kind of 
close your eyes and you almost, I mean, I, in a way I can almost hear sometimes like what Eric might be doing. And it's, I think a lot of it is because of the many years of experience of playing together. You kind of just have this sense of where, you know, your close knit bandmates are going to go. But that's a, that's a wonderful thing as, as, um, as, as I'm playing along and, you know, hearing the ghost notes of, of, uh, Brian and Eric and, and Trent and Kevin. Here's Kevin Garcia, our drummer and our audio engineer. Not knowing Sharon, um, I, I felt like I learned a lot about her through your lyrics. And um, one of the things that seemed like she was a bit of a daredevil and did have, you know, had some fun. And so this is one of the few tracks that I've experimented with playing a modern rock groove. which I thought was going to get immediately pitched out the window and say, you know what, man, can you like try another one? You know, I don't know about this. And, um, but, uh, you know, I just kind of went with my gut and I was so happy that it worked out because in listening to what everybody put on the track after that, it completely toned down the concept that it was more of like a modern rock groove and made it more like a hand drum type thing um you know and uh i was just you know really happy with uh with with that but yeah did sneak some modern rock in there (laughs) (laughs) one little side note for and this is kind of like a deep sort of shop talk when it comes to recording this is probably the only song in this collection where i opted to record a double vocal on the lead vocal daredevil on the freeway Gambler in the back room. And that's kind of a trick that you've probably, whether you know it or not, you have albums that you've listened to that use that, employ that. And it's a way to kind of beef up the vocal, almost creates this interesting effect depending on how they use it in the mix. Uh, And we've done it before on other recordings. But I think my impulse there was this song is written from the perspective of Sharon. And She has this kind of wisdom in the words that she is singing. And so I I wanted it to feel elevated in some way. And to me, singing two lead vocals and us using that was uh, a fun way to kind of elevate that sound. Every night we count the stars Like a little bit of light is all we need We try to claim which one is ours It's always fun as a band to go behind the curtain a bit and talk about song production and process, but all of that means very little if this doesn't connect to Donna. So here is Donna Gath Criswell, Sharon's mom, and the person who commissioned this song. Donna, can you tell us what it was like to receive the song? So there's a certain, um, we have one of those chaise couch things, and I'm, I sit in the same spot that was Sharon's. Mm. So she had her spot, I had my spot, but now I sit in her spot. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I see the email. I almost, I started shaking 
I was just so excited because I didn't know when it was going to come out. I didn't know how long this process was going to take. And the first thing I did, I couldn't even get through the whole thing. I, I immediately texted Erin. I said, Erin, are you there? Now, she's in Michigan. I'm in Massachusetts. Um, and she said, yeah, yeah, what? And I said, it, it's here. And I said, she goes, did you listen to it yet? I said, no, I haven't even listened to it yet. It was utter chaos. It was great excitement. But then for some reason, like it wasn't coming through. And I'm like, just listen to it. Just go listen to it. I'll catch up. And as I'm reading the lyrics, again, I haven't even listened to it yet, but I'm just reading the lyrics and I'm texting her. Oh my God, Erin, it's perfect. Oh my God, daredevil. Oh my God, gambler. Like everything just immediately resonated with me. Then we got it, you know, going obviously pretty quick. She got it all. <laughs> she downloaded it 12 different ways. Once I got through the lyrics, I was like, oh gosh. I, I mean, it was, it was an emotional, I, I, I can't explain, an emotional, you know, roller coaster in how great it was, her memory flashing back of, you know, us at your concert and, and just this whirlwind, but it was awesome. And, and again, it was like a gift that could not have ever been beat. And then, of course, I then listened to the song and it was, it was just perfection. I just can't, there's no other word for it. You hit even things that I didn't think of necessarily. The, the whole stanza, if you laugh, make it out loud. If you cry, I want to hear it. I'm standing out in this crowd because I want you to sing so I can feel it. And that's who she was. If you laugh, make it out loud. If you cry, I want to hear it. I'm standing out in this crowd. Cause I want you to sing so I can Sharon had epilepsy and she had what was called juvenile onset epilepsy. So her first run, her first seizure was that we knew about was the first day of high school. So it's not something she had as a child. Um, and over the years it became the type that couldn't be controlled. Medication helped, but it didn't control it all the time. Um, but again, Sharon wanted to live the best life she could. And um, she encouraged me to just go and live my life. And, it happened to be the end of August and I'm an educator and my job was to, in the district within, a, within which that I worked, was to train the entire staff on how to integrate technology into the classroom. Mm -hmm. So this particular year, the professional development day for all teachers before the kids came back was on technology integration. So it was my baby, the entire district. Um, so I go into work and it was just supposed to be a half hour, 45 minute thing, what it turned out to be. <laughs> technical difficulties, two or three hours, and I'm gabbing with teachers, and I, te I checked in with her all the time, Sharon, so <clears throat> at 10.23, I checked in with her and texted her. I said, I should be leaving soon. Are you okay? This is the mother of a child with a seizure disorder at the age of 35, and she texted me back, and she said, yeah, I'm okay, and then I got caught on the way out with another teacher who just caught me, wanted to gab and chat and whatever. So that delayed things. So I get in the car and I'm driving home and I'm about 15 minutes away, I'm not far. And I come home and the back door is open to our house and we had two little dogs at the time and they were running around. And I'm like, that's not normal because they're little dogs. We worry about hawks and 
It's not like her to not be hovering over her babies. They were her babies. Um, so I go out in the backyard. I don't see anything. I'm calling out for her. I don't see her. I go in the house. I go upstairs to her bedroom area, and I see her pocketbook and her phone and stuff there. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. Hmm. Looking at all the rooms, thinking maybe she had a seizure somewhere and she's fallen. I don't see her anywhere. I go back downstairs, look in all the rooms downstairs, don't see her. So I said to myself, okay, she's going to be pissed at me because I'm going to go up and check her phone, <laughs> invade her privacy and see who she might have talked to last. And um, it was her boyfriend. So I quickly called her boyfriend and I said, hey, Billy, I said, have you seen Sharon today? Did you, or did somebody come pick her up and just went to the store or something? So as I'm talking to him, he said, no, I'm supposed to see her tonight. And as I'm coming down the stairs, I can see out in the backyard and I saw her floating in the pool. Hmm. So that was it. Um, I won't tell you the rest of the story, but it was it. Um, but it was so Sharon to have taken her dogs out for probably their morning business and walked too close to the pool. If there was a little critter in the pool, like a frog or a little gopher, that often happened. She would want to scoop it out because she just loved all critters. Um, and I think she must have had a seizure at that moment and fell in. And for me, it was a peaceful way to go because she wouldn't have known anything having had the seizure. Mm. It wasn't an accident, a horrific car accident or something like that. And I just believe it was meant to be and it was her time. Here's the full version of the song, My Name is Sharon.
make brave Like someone else can make the sun shine I'm not here to feel the earth shake I'm just here to make my own life Dead devil on the freeway Gambler in the back Live it all like your last day My name is Sharon Nice Donna for being open and sharing her story with us today. I want to thank Erin Buckley for her contributions as well. Part of what this whole project is teaching me is just how much it means to each of us when our stories are fully taken in. There's so much going on right now, and it's so easy to pass each other by, even even the people we love, and forget to really take time and listen to what each other is dealing with. This song was nerve-wracking to write. I didn't know if what we put together would be up to the task of memorializing Sharon, but it was such an honor to get to live into that story and try, try to bring something back that was meaningful to Donna. As always, I want to thank my bandmates in the Steel Wheels, and special thanks to Matt Bingay from WMRA for his editing expertise. You can find out more about the new album by the Steel Wheels of these commissioned songs, and even order a record. Or check out some earlier releases from the Steel Wheels. There's a lot going on in our little orbit, including ways to become a monthly supporter of our endeavors. So check it all out at thesteelwheels.com. That's the best place to also get information about any live opportunities to see the band playing, either online or in the eventual possibility of in-person shows. But until next time, you can pack it for the road, you can hum it as you go along, and hopefully when you need it most, we made you a song.